Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, hello, and welcome to Saving Lives in Slow Motion. Today, I'd like to talk about types of intelligence. Now, I must thank uh, Maura for this, who contacted me on social media very recently and suggested several topics, one of which was actually on emotional intelligence, and I thought I'd broaden it a little bit because I think intelligence is something that is very subjective in some ways in terms of the assumptions people can make and also plays into every aspect of our life. And I remember years ago... um, having a laugh with my brother and saying, do you think David Beckham is as clever as Einstein, but in a different way? There's no right answer to that. But the point is, there are different types of intelligence. And I wanted to just think about how we define it, what it means. Can you become more intelligent? And what is a fair measure of intelligence? And does it matter? And also the different types, you know, including interpersonal intelligence, which I guess you could call emotional intelligence as well. But there's also linguistic, mathematical, musical, all sorts. I think what's interesting is when you look at definitions of intelligence, and this is one from the dictionary, um, it's defined as the ability to understand and learn well and to form judgments and opinions based on reason. Interesting. And if you look at definitions of the word clever, they add in speed to that, you know, to be able to quickly apply learn or understand something. Now, the first thing I would say is that whatever we think of the word intelligence and its associations, you know, and some of those associated words might include Oxford, Cambridge, professor, boffin, geek, rocket science, brain surgeon, you know, these colloquialisms. Certainly in the part of the world I've grown up in, um, give us some sort of bias towards what we think intelligence means. And I remember many years ago when we were at medical school, um, there was a chap who used to work behind the bar and he said, you guys are just all so clever. And his reasoning for saying that was, he goes, because I've looked through some of these textbooks that you guys read and I can't understand a single word of what's in it. And I said to him, I said, look, it's just because the words, once you know what the words mean, it's it's not that difficult. It's like learning anything. And so there is this societal priming around what we think is intelligence. But if we go back to when intelligence was first studied, it was in the 1800s and not without controversy. So one name you'll come across is Francis Galton, and he was associated with 
eugenics, which was a belief that intelligence varied between the races. Now, that's now been scientifically disproven. But what's rather sinister is that back then and into the 1900s, not only was that theory peddled out in terms of science, it also changed policy. So, for instance, in the 1920s, the state of Virginia in the USA actually passed a sterilization act based on IQ. And the belief there was that intelligence was almost entirely hereditary. It's hard to kind of really fathom how unethical and hideous that act was. It's funny because the ideal intelligence test would be totally fair to all cultures and not have any bias. And that's really difficult because, you know, the people that make up the intelligence tests um, are from a particular culture. And so it's pretty difficult to compare different people's intelligence depending on where they are from and what their upbringing is like and what their cultural roots are. But if we come forward a bit from those slightly dark times at the beginning of last century to the 1980s, we come across the work of Howard Gardner, who in the 1980s proposed a framework for intelligence in a book called Frames of Mind. And he theorised that there are multiple types of intelligence and they've got slightly self-explanatory labels. So they are spatial intelligence to do with visual and spatial judgment. Then there's one called bodily kinesthetic intelligence to do with your movement and motor control. Then there's musical intelligence for rhythm and music, linguistic intelligence for words, language. One called logical mathematical skills, pretty self-explanatory. Interpersonal intelligence, the one that I said earlier on was a bit like emotional intelligence, understanding and relating to others. Intrapersonal intelligence as opposed to interpersonal, and that's to do with self-reflection and introspection. And the last one he calls naturalistic intelligence, which is all about seeing patterns and relationships to nature. And the theory is that depending on where your strengths lie, you can tailor your intelligence, in inverted commas, to certain jobs or careers or university courses kind of makes sense. And I guess in a way for yourself, it's quite nice to know that. The downside is that you don't want to write yourself off. And this is the thing that fascinates me the most. Can you become more intelligent? And the reason I ask this is that I'm sure some of you have experienced this where you... Uh, look at people you've known for a long period of time in your life and reflect on how they were when you first knew them. And this, I'm talking mainly about people that you've known from school or uh, college days and the way that they have either developed or the opposite since then. And I've got examples of both where people had so much promise and potential and were essentially acing it in terms of being very bright at school and then it all fizzled out or the opposite where people were what is known as late developers you know that's a sort of common parlance thing isn't it 
oh, you know, he was a late developer, he wasn't that great at school, but then he went to university and then really took off and now he's got a PhD and this, that and the other. And the middle ground one, which is where someone was always quite intelligent or seemingly intelligent, they've just steadily kept on it and other abilities like their problem-solving abilities, for example, have just got better and better and better and they've become well-read. And one of my friends recently said to me, look, you know, it doesn't matter how clever you are, one of the things that we all have the ability to do as human beings is learn, read, and gather information, and then you decide what you want to do with it. And I think that's true. So the evidence-based ways to actually become more intelligent. I mean, this is a tricky one because it depends on which parts of the brain we're looking at, but there's one area called the hippocampus, which is the part of the brain that shrinks if you have Alzheimer's disease um, and is really important for learning, memory, um, your sense of direction as well, funnily enough. So no surprise, exercise really helps support your hippocampus. The next one is getting enough sleep. If you deprive yourself of sleep, you're going to perform less well on any kind of intelligence test or any kind of task, really. Our reading, playing a musical instrument, socialising with people, anything that's going to make your brain grow, not in the physical sense, I mean in terms of personal growth. And there's a little bit of evidence for things like coffee, omega-3 rich foods, and as we know, it's never ever one thing. The other thing that's worth remembering is that your overall intelligence is made up of two sub-parts. One is called crystallised intelligence and the other is fluid. So crystallised are things like um, your vocabulary, for example, how much you know. And it tends to get better as you get older because you learn new words and you know more, don't you? Fluid intelligence is all about thinking and quickness of mind and how you can reason and problem solve and think abstractly. So this is one of the reasons why brain training or anything that keeps you mentally agile is likely to keep your intelligence level high. So there's a flip side to that and that is that multitasking is really bad for our brains. And I, I worry about myself doing this because doctors, lawyers, certain professions have to do a lot of focus switching, that's the terminology, in their day-to-day -day work and that is very stressful. So what one person thinks of keeping themselves mentally agile actually may not always be the case, you know, focus switching is really bad for us. I think when it comes to intelligence it's like any other trait that human beings have. Um, as time goes on, people who are consistent and have grit and continue on this kind of lifelong learning journey do relatively well. And, and that whole adage about, you know, your brain's like a muscle, if you don't use it, you lose it. The research kind of shows that that's true. And is intelligence even that important? You know, I don't really think it is. It can have paradoxical effects. If you tell a child that they're really clever um, because they scored highly on an intelligence test, you know, an IQ test, that might just make them take their foot off the gas and think, well, I don't need to do any work. Um, and so in terms of whether intelligence as a concept has any kind of role, I'm not 
too sure. I think maybe on an individual level, Gardner's frame of mind approach with the different types of intelligence is probably quite useful in terms of identifying your talent, if you like. But unless you do something with that, it probably doesn't mean a great deal. I think this also links into neurodiversity and the way that we measure things. There are so many different types of intelligence. How can you equate how one person calms an aggressive person down? That takes a certain type of intelligence compared to being able to do some complex integral in a maths exam at a top university. Of course, there are some miraculous stories, you know, about children becoming chess grandmasters or the story of Jason Arday, which I love. He couldn't read or write till he was 18 and now in his late 30s is a professor at Cambridge University incredible. But my question really is how much of those stories is to do with grit, resilience, personality, rather than raw intelligence, you know. And all things being equal, I do think that every one of us has potential. But rather than just relying on natural talent or ability, the hard work bit, yet again, as with so many things in life, is all important. One thing to leave you thinking about is the person who was purported to be the most intelligent person ever. And it was a chap called William Siddis who was alleged to have an IQ between 250 and 300, which is, you know, at the very least double more than someone who's incredibly clever already. So people like Einstein are meant to have an IQ of about 160. And there are some lessons here. The first is that intelligence doesn't always equate to happiness. He had quite a sad life um, before his death, withdrawing from society in a way. Um, and the second is, apart from the fact that he could apparently speak eight languages by the time he was eight, which is almost unheard of, um, there were some habits that he was famed for, and maybe we can learn from this. So number one is what we've mentioned already. He read and learnt a lot. Pretty obvious. Number two was he enjoyed problem solving. And again, this is something that is a marker of intelligence. Number three was taking a deep interest in the things that he liked. And of course, that makes sense. You know, you're much more likely to be interested and involved in something that you enjoy. The fourth one was about independence, doing what you're doing despite what's going on around you. And the final one is razor-sharp focus. How many of us struggle with that in this day and age? And that seems to be a pretty good formula for, hey, you know what, I don't want to even call it intelligence, but just maximising what your brain is capable of. I think that's a far nicer way of looking at it. Okay, so that was intelligence. I hope that was of interest and made you think a little bit. Perhaps you've got some stories about either yourself or friends or family. Do let me know your thoughts and do let me know whether you want me to cover any other topics. In the meantime, do take care, stay well, look after yourself. And until next time, bye for now.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com slash covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. warbyparker.com slash covered.